Good morning, Sanctuary Church. How are we doing this morning? Good. I am fired up, man. For those of you who don't know, my name is Mike Thompson. I'm a pastor, one of the pastors on staff here. And um, you're going to get a special little something-something today. It's going to be really good. But Pastor Rod is on his last week of study break. I really miss him. Do you really miss Pastor Rod? <laughs> Love that guy. Uh, but he's back next week. And I know from a quick phone conversation that I had with him, he is fired up for our church. He is fired up. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but like I said, for this morning, something a little bit different. Um, this morning is special because of who the speakers are. Not just speaker, speakers, right? You feel me knocking? All right, it's going to be awesome. This morning is a special student-led service. If you are paying attention at all on the way into the building, our students have been serving in every capacitable, uh, every capacity available to anyone to serve on a Sunday, right? Parking lot greeters, door greeters, ushers, welcome table, prayer team, worship team, announcements, message, and they're even going to stay for, guess what? Tear down. Yeah. Let's give it up for our amazing student volunteers. You guys will get it later. Uh, the reason we believe this is so critical and important is because of how we view the body of Christ. Our students, if they've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, aren't the future members of this church. They are a part of the body of Christ now. As they accept Jesus, they become full-fledged members of the body of Christ. And that means they have a place and a part to play just like the rest of us here do this morning. They are Sanctuary Church. Amen? It's awesome. In our group, in our youth group, we have an amazing set of students who love Jesus, who love one another, and they're some of the most selfless and caring people that I know truly. And so we get to hear from a couple of them this morning, um, and I'm pumped. We're going to hear from three students and one of our more aged volunteers, better aged. Okay, they're all members of the body of Christ, right? Just a little bit more aged, so you guys will get it later. Never mind. Um, I want to say that these stories you're going to hear this morning have everything to do with Jesus and what he's doing in our congregation, but also, in part, these stories are possible because of your generosity, in supporting the student ministry, in raising funds, in praying, in supporting in every way. So I want to say as a pastor who gets to see real life change happen on the daily with these guys, I want to say thank you to you. Because without you guys, we wouldn't get to go experience the things that we experience and see the life change that happens. So thank you for supporting us so well. You guys are heroes. You guys are heroes, and you'll hear that this morning. So let's jump in. You don't want to hear me anymore. The first person that I'd like to welcome up with raucous applause, get crazy, okay, that's what it means, is a young man I've known for several years who has an amazing testimony. His name is Aiden Hobson. Give it up for Aiden. That's pretty raucous, dude. That's pretty raucous. Here you go. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Good morning. All right. Okay, so... My name's Aiden, and uh, I'm here to tell you guys my story. So, throughout my life, I've always believed in God, but I've never really been involved in any church. Church, I've never been involved. And God has just always been this, he, he's been this 
omnipotent, kind of distant God. He's always been there, but he never really seemed to be involved in my life. He never really seemed to care about me or my just day-to-day struggles. So fast forward many years up until just recently when my family and I, we were vacationing in Hawaii. Now, I don't know if any of you guys have been to Hawaii, but it's beautiful. White sand beaches, this island paradise, just like you see in the movies or pictures. It's wonderful. Um, so while we were there, my... Uh, my swim coach wanted me to keep training over this week I was gone. So we arranged to have me swim with the team there. And so Saturday morning, wake up just like any other practice. My dad's driving me. We're driving along. Saturday morning, I go. I get in the pool. It's like the same routine I do almost every week. I get in the pool, and uh, I see my dad go on the other end of the pool, and he's gesturing for me, get out. And I'm like, Dad, I just got in. It's been like 10 minutes. What? Why are you doing that? So I ignore him. I keep swimming. I was like, geez. And then he walks up to the edge of the pool, and he, and he looks at me, and he goes, get out of the pool. Oh, well, okay, sorry, Dad. I mean, you know, I just got in, but fine. That's it, It's a little weird. So I get out. I go, change. And as I'm getting out, all of the swimmers, we all had our bags lined up against this wall, and I heard a bunch of phones going off, like the the um, Amber Alert sound you hear on your phone, like the alarm, flash flood, heat advisory, Amber Alert, that sound on like 30 phones. All I'm hearing are these alarm bells. I'm just going, what is going on? So I walk up to my dad, and I'm like, Dad, what is going on? Why, why would you get me out of the pool? And he holds up his phone, and he shows me there's an alert on it that reads, Ballistic missile inbound to Hawaii. This is not a drill. Seek immediate shelter. And I just look at it, and I start laughing, and, and I go, Ha, Dad, that's, that's really funny. You know, great joke. And then I'm all, but, like, really, what's going on? He goes, no, son, I'm serious. So as I'm sitting here, and I'm separated from the rest of my family, just my dad and I were an hour away from my family, my mom, my little siblings. I was physically terrified. I was shaking. I was nauseous. I just, I couldn't believe that in a few minutes there was literally going to be a nuke that was going to hit this island. But I had this strange sense of peace. This sense that God was in control. This distant God who I had never really connected with. All of a sudden, I had this peace that he was in control, that I was going to be okay. And obviously, I'm still here. It was a false alarm. That missile didn't hit. We're all fine. But that that sense of peace stuck with me. I couldn't explain it. Why on earth would I be so calm? So that story I just shared with you guys, I also got to share at camp. And it was, it was an amazing opportunity. I loved sharing it. I loved impacting my peers. It was a really great time. And if I'm being honest, when I went to camp, I had really been hoping to have a call to ministry. I've been thinking about this a lot. It's been on my heart for a while. But I'd always been told, like, oh, well, you need to be sure. You need to be dead sure that you want to go into ministry. So I wanted this call. I had heard stories that, like, camp is the, is the place you'll receive it. You're going to get a call. And I was like, okay, I'm waiting for it. It didn't happen. But I was transformed in this way at camp. I learned that no matter how badly I may want the call to ministry, no matter how badly I may want to be transformed, there is absolutely nothing I can do to speed up this process. God's transformation happens on God's timetable. 
There's no way I can act anymore like a good Christian. There's no way I can try to be better, and then I will receive this call to ministry faster. I learned that God is always in control, whether I'm threatened with death from a nuke or trying to change sinful habits. Only through God's grace and Jesus' sacrifice can a wretched sinner like me be transformed. Thank you. Aiden, great job. Great job. That's awesome. Um, the next person I'd like to welcome up is a um, young woman who whose father's been a, a direct impact in my life for the last 15 plus years. It's Pastor Armando Garcia, and it's his beautiful daughter, my adopted niece. Please help me welcome Mary Garcia. I'm not scared this time. Hi, everyone. How's everyone doing today? <laughs> my name's Mary, and I was asked to speak about how God changed my life this summer. Uh, I grew up in the church, and my dad was a pastor, so it made very, like things a lot harder to talk to people because I was afraid that my insecurities and my struggles were going to be a reflection on my parents and how they raised me. So it was a lot harder for me to open up as a kid. Um. And I had a lot of insecurities and struggles with my body, and I filled those insecurities with boys, and it wasn't very good for me, especially as I got into high school, because it just gets worse, and you want to fit in more. And one day, I just woke up, and I was like, I need the I need God in my life, because I couldn't recognize myself, and I distanced myself from everyone that loved me, my family, my good friends, my church. Everyone who loved me and supported me, I distanced myself from them. So I decided I'd go to summer camp because I was like, well, you want a relationship with God. So I went to summer camp, and I was lucky enough to have Janae as my cabin leader and all my really close and good friends in my cabin. So towards the end, they asked us all um, what was really holding us back from having a relationship with God. And... um I was so scared to tell everyone in my cabin what was going on. And Janae was like, Mary, you come on, just come out and say it. She really pushed me. And I finally just came out. And immediately I felt a weight lifted off my shoulders. And I started to cry. It was so happy that I finally, I could feel God in, like, in my heart. And I was so happy. Um, I still struggle with my how I look at myself and how I view myself. But I have so many people around me who are constantly spotting... <laughs> constantly supporting me and spreading positivity and um I've been to so many church camps and this one was completely different I completely connected with God and um yeah so I still feel the weight lifted off my shoulders and I'm I'm still walking with God thank you That's what I'm talking about. That is so good. So the next young man that I'd like to welcome up, um, I've known his parents for uh, the better part of a decade, and I've come to love and adore this young man. Please help me welcome Brody Hicks. <laughs> Hello, everyone. How are we doing? Good still? All right, my name is Brody Hicks, and I've been going to Sanctuary Church for about three and a half years now. And I can also honestly say that 
these past three and a half years with Sanctuary, Sanctuary has been the best part of my life in these three, three and a half years. But these three and a half years have also been the worst and hardest times of my life. Now, I'm usually a pretty happy person. I love to be around people and make new friends and make others happy. But just because I try to make others happy, it doesn't mean that I was truly happy on the inside. So let's take a step back to 2016 because that's really where my story starts. You see, back in April of 2016, I was really depressed. I was so depressed, in fact, that I actually tried to take my own life. And it was a hard hit for my family. And a wake-up call to me. I knew that if I didn't do something fast, I wasn't going to make it much longer. So what happened? I was going to Sanctuary Church at this time. Something must have changed. And it did. That year, I went to, to summer camp with Sanctuary for the first time. And it changed everything for me. You see, summer camp was a lot of fun. I got to go intertubing on a river for the first time, meet a whole bunch of new people, and make lots of friends. But it was much, much more than that. You see, God actually showed up in my life for the first time. I've been going to church since before I can remember, and this was the first time that God was real. And I decided to give my life to him. And I believe that's the best decision I've ever made. And I truly believe that God was preparing me for what was to come next. Because just a few short months later, in November of that same year, I got the worst news I've ever received in my life. My uncle Josh had died. From suicide. And it hurt. A lot. It still hurts a lot. But God was preparing me for that situation. He took me from being that kid who wanted to end it all. To being able to trust him in my darkest hour. God transform me. Second Corinthians five seventeen says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away, behold, new things have come. Let us remember that transformation is real. And it's happening right now. In my life and in the lives of others in this church. Just remember that no matter where we're at in our lives, God can still transform us and bring us back to him. Thank you. That is amazing. Um, these are real stories. This is what God is really doing in the congregation, 
in the members of the church. So our next speaker this morning is a better aged member of our church who loves Jesus and I got the privilege to come into camp this year. Please help me welcome up with raucous applause, Dustin Crush Barnes. <laughs> All right. Um, ooh. I don't like the way my voice sounds on it. I feel like I sound like Barry White. Hello, girl. So, um, yeah, those lights are really... This is intimidating, by the way. You guys should try that. I feel like a rock star. You know? But, hey, um, so I was asked to talk about my experience at camp, and uh, it was absolutely amazing. I'll make it quick, because I don't have too much to say, but I have a lot to say, so I need to make it sh- quick. So, um, uh it was just probably what I needed at that time and what everybody else needed at the same time. So I went in with the intentions of uh, helping my boys out and kids when I went to camp, but it was more, uh, I got more out of it than I think the kids did by serving and uh, just giving that time. Um, from uh, the food that was there, uh, people serving to the the music to the the worship to the great words that everybody said you know while we were there it was just absolutely an amazing time um, the Lord in Christ definitely showed up in a big way and he's always going to be there he's current he's now um, it's not just because we went to camp you know we kind of got on this high high and now we're on a low low um, it's it's all the same you know, and I, I, I honestly feel that uh, the youth is not the future of the church. I honestly feel like the youth is current. They're now. So the church is built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And then I believe it's the youth. And then I believe it's this old crusty dudes. So the, 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 the young youth are current. They're now. They're fresh. Um, it made such a big impact in my life that um, I'm now going to start helping and, and serving with the youth. And, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's very infectious. Um, it's almost like the fountain of youth again. You can act like a big kid. Of course, everybody knows I'm a big kid. So um, it's just a very cool experience to go and witness um, how Christ moves in these young uh, kids, men and uh, men and uh, women, and uh, it was just an absolute blessing to be able to go. And I would encourage anybody, um, if they're wanting to serve in any way, maybe start there. But it was just a wonderful time. Um, God bless everybody, and thank you for letting me speak. Man, those are some awesome reports. Isn't that cool to hear? It's so cool. I know um, as we listen to these stories, you know, it, it sounds like maybe these stories aren't connected. But I assure you there's a bigger picture that God is painting here. Although these uh, stories are all from different perspectives, different people, different backgrounds, there's a common theme we see in these stories. Individually, they're small, but when you see them together, it speaks to something incredible, something amazing. Uh, but think about this, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It says this in Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, 
Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. It says, whatever is true, noble, just, pure, lovely, and of good report, meditate or think on these things. What did Paul mean by good report? Like things that are of good report. What does that mean? It's good, right? And somebody's speaking good things, right? That's that, it sounds so simple, but how often do we hear good reports? I mean, when you look at the news, it's always bad reports, right? Like I was scrolling through the news last night. I don't know why I do that. Maybe just to stay up there. I don't know, but it's, it's terrible. All bad news. Fire, corruption, lies, fighting, murder, hate. Like it's all bad news. That's just a couple of news agencies. But then what about the hometown ones? Like when we look at our hometown ones, it's almost always bad news, right? So <laughs> what does it mean to have a good report? Uh, it says in, in America, I was thinking about this, and so I looked up some stats, and it says uh, America rates first in the number of people in jail. Like, in all the world, there isn't anywhere else with more inmates than America. We rate 14th in education, 101st in peace. Uh, we have the highest rate of divorce. It's like everywhere we look, we see and hear bad news, things to be afraid of, Right? We hear these things and we think, who am I and what can I do in light of all this bad news? And then we hear crush. Oh man, not only did I get to pour into somebody else, but, but they changed me, right? It's when we adjust our focus, when we look to the bigger picture and how we together make up something so much greater that it changes things. In fact, it changes everything. Psalm 112, starting in verse 6, it says this. This is awesome. It says, Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. It says, The righteous... The faithful will never be shaken. And working towards that goal, the Bible says that we can get to a place where we have no fear of bad news. For some of us in this room, this is a big deal. This is a big deal for some of us sitting here this morning. For some of you sitting here, you feel like everything you hear is bad news. Like when your phone rings, you're like, oh no, it's a number I don't recognize. Now what? Right? Or then like your spouse or a friend walks in at, at work and they, they're just like, Ugh. like, oh no, what, what have I done? Why are you mad at me? Right? Or how many of you guys hate this phrase? This is a terrible phrase. Hey, I need to talk to you about something. Ugh. Like that's like you're standing tall, then your son comes in, he's like, hey dad, I need to talk to you about something. Ugh. Okay, go ahead. It doesn't matter. A friend, spouse, coworker, son, daughter, anybody comes and says that to you, you're just like, oh no, what now, right? We're always stuck in this state of oh no, like the weight of that. But let me just say this. 
What you believe in can be greater than the news you receive. Think about it. What we believe is greater than the news we receive. The stories that we heard today are good reports. They're good because of what the broad picture says about them. Like I said, these stories might not sound like they're connected, but God is doing something bigger than any of us initially see. When we look at these stories all alone, they might not be something that fires you up individually. But when we put them together, something starts to stir in us, right? It's like, wow, what is going on? You see, the big thing, the broader picture is what? The broader picture is this. God is not dead. Our great God is alive and he's still moving. He's still working. He's still doing the great things that he said he would do. What these stories tell us is that God isn't done here. He's not done in the United States of America. He isn't done in the state of California. He's not done in our local economy. He isn't done in your place of work. He isn't done with this young generation, right? We always say, oh man, this generation is so jacked. Those millennials. This, these reports say that he's not done with them. Amen? He's not done in your home. And God's not done with you. When we adjust our focus, we see the news we receive, no matter the weight or ferocity, isn't greater than our great God and King. These stories inform us that God is on the move and he's still in the business of transforming hearts and minds for his glory. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're feeling the weight of the oh no's. Give it back to the one that can take the weight. I'll read this scripture. It's John chapter 16 as the band comes back up. John chapter 16 verse 33. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. You will have troubles. But take courage for I have overcome the world. Just this week I got a call from a good brother One of our members here, a brother in faith, and he said, hey, I need you to pray for me. We're on my way to the hospital with my wife. She's 29 weeks pregnant. We can't get her blood pressure regulated. It's it's all over the place. We need you to pray. And so she's been there all week, and then they got this call a couple days ago, and they said, hey, look, we can't regulate your blood pressure. we got to take the baby. This is Garrett and Kayla Castro. And so there was so much fear He called me and said, Mike, I don't know what God is doing. I need you to pray. And so I went down to the hospital. And I went up to see Garrett. And as I started to talk to him, I was talking about this scripture. And before I could finish it, he finished it for me. He says, no, no, brother, I know. God's told me all these things so that I can have peace. He says, no, no, brother, I know that I'm going to have troubles. But I have hope. Because I know Jesus Christ has overcome the world. And so they took the baby the next, that night, actually. It was 10 o'clock that night. And uh, the, the baby, Maylee, little Maylee Castro, she needs prayer. Kayla needs prayer. But God is sovereign, even in our trials, even in our tribulations. And these stories this morning confirm that God is still alive, that he is still active. There is power here this morning. There is power even in the spoken name of Jesus.
these stories of God's grace tell us there is still hope. There is still a Savior who sits on the highest throne and he isn't slow to save us. These students testify to that truth this morning. For some of these guys, they had no idea that transformation was coming. But they put themselves in a place to be honest with God, to be honest with themselves, and to be honest with one another, and God moved mightily. Perhaps you're sitting here waiting for God to make his big move in your life. Well, are you willing to surrender to him? Are you willing and ready to come as the students did, as our leaders did, and humble yourself before the Lord and lay down your pride and say, okay, Lord, I'm ready. No matter what comes in this life, what we believe is greater than the news we receive. These stories this morning are of great news for all of us. God is alive and on the move. He's not done with us and he isn't done with you. That's a great report this morning. So let us be those whose hearts are secure, who have no fear, and who proclaim the great news to others. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would just bless this time as we go into worship, God, that you would be reminding us of all of these things, God, that we would not leave this building with bad reports. Because you are God, and you are on the throne, and you're still moving, and you're still shaking the very foundations of who we are. So God, we we rest in you this morning. We ask that you would have your will and your way be done in the depths of our heart, in the depths of our minds, God, that you would transform us for your kingdom. Those people that are in this building that still are waiting for that transformation to take place, God, as you show up, Lord, may they just surrender to you. Move mightily in this place this morning. Be with us. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen.